0: Welcome to Financial Planning Explained. I'm your host, Mike Menninger, certified financial planner, founder of Menninger and Associates Financial Planning. Uh, I'm here today with a co-host Kyle Ryan, one of my associates, Kyle, also a certified financial planner. Uh, Kyle, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. Um, what we're going to talk about today uh, is of the six areas of financial planning, uh, we're going to be focusing on investment planning. Now, it's not as much investing, so to speak, but uh, something that we encounter a lot uh, in in our industry with working with clients is people who have uh, company stock plans. And company stock plans can rear its head in a variety of different ways. Uh, sometimes you see... Uh, stock inside their 401k yep. uh, other times you see that they have stock options yep. uh, other times they'll get RSUs or restricted stock units yep. and other times it's employee stock purchase plans so what we're here to talk about uh, it's almost certainly going to take two episodes because what we would like to be able to do is kind of go through it slowly but more importantly um, Use examples, okay, examples of some of the stuff that we have experienced during the course of us working with clients. And if we come out, and here's my disclosure, because I get yelled at by compliance all the time, I swear. (laughs) Um, If we make recommendations, it's kind of accidental, um, you know, because there's no such thing as a particular recommendation fits all. Uh, Everything, uh, everything when it comes to financial planning is individual and specific and unique yes. but in many cases we do find that there are trends that are you know good for everyone so to speak yeah or most people yep. and it's remarkable so we, we uh, spent some time uh, when we were just talking about doing this show we pulled everybody in it's remarkable how often we run into this yes yep so you ready to kick off I am all yeah, right it's an exciting topic all right excellent let's go so anyway, uh, again, the four areas we're going to start with the one probably the most common mm-hmm. is if you're working for a company, particularly public companies is having stock inside your 401k.
1: Yeah. And you know, we're going to be covering a, a number of different ways that companies can allow you to purchase company stock in your inside of your 401k. But the first one is purchasing company stock within your 401k itself. So, you know, What we call it is net unrealized depreciation is kind of the opportunity here because if you think about how your 401k, any sort of qualified retirement account works, is when you take money out, you will pay taxes on any amount you take out as if it was ordinary income. The money you put in gets a deduction. Now, typically when you have a 401k, you'll be able to invest in funds that the company allows you to. But depending on the company, they actually might allow you to invest in their company stock. Beneficial for the two of you. You want your company to succeed, this company wants you to believe in the company. Right. So, the real opportunity here is we run into it all the time is that, you know, we run into people who have the ability to purchase stock in their 401k. They're doing so, but they don't exactly know how it works. You know, they will take their retire, they'll take their 401k, roll it all over to an IRA, not really think about it. What the opportunity is, is that if you have company stock in your 401k with that specific company, you can take it out of the 401k, move it over to a brokerage account and pay much lower taxes on it in certain circumstances. So what do I mean by that? Backing up. If you take money out of a 401k, you pay ordinary income tax. That is typically higher than what you would pay in capital gains tax, which is what you would pay in an individual brokerage account, for example. Correct. So if you have the ability to take out company stock from your 401k where it would get taxed as ordinary income, bring it to a taxable brokerage account where it gets taxed at capital gains rate, you can save yourself, and we've seen it, thousands of dollars in taxes. Oh,
0: much. It's unbelievable. And so uh, the point of the matter is that um, it's an opportunity that presents itself, but it doesn't always work, okay? And that's where the planning piece comes into play. But. Back it up just a tad before we talk about net unrealized appreciation, Mm -hmm. NUA. Companies often offer this um, because of the fact that a lot of times employees are drinking the Kool Aid. (laughs) Absolutely. I I see it all too often. But the company wants employees to participate because they're all working sort of for the common cause. And Years ago, now this has changed since, I don't remember if it was 2001 or 2002, with Enron, okay? Mm. Uh, that was a while ago. But uh, back in the days, uh, Enron required you, if you were making contributions to your 401k, you had to buy Enron stock. Now, of course. With your
1: own money or the money yes. that they're also matching yes. you? Yes, and with both. With your own money? Yes. Interesting. Okay. okay, you
0: didn't know that. Okay. So this is a while ago. So... um and laws changed as a result of it. So normally when you have the plan, you can just choose, like you you could pick from, you know, 20 or 30 different investments inside your plan, including target retirement funds, but uh, they offer that. Now, again, back in the day, they were requiring you to contribute to Enron stock, and then they were matching with Enron stock. So needless to say, when Enron went to nothing, okay, the government realized, holy smokes, look at all these people that got stiffed they have their by. They life it. savings. Right, one absolutely. Company, no Boom, gone. Yeah. Gone, gone. So after that, they lifted the requirement that you, that they said you cannot do that.
1: But they Can't allowed, require an employee to have right. to
0: purchase your company Correct. stock. Okay. However, a lot of companies still matched in company stock and philosophically hey you know what if i'm the company and i'm gonna match you well then i'm matching you a company stock however they subsequently said but the employee can immediately sell it they, were, they weren't putting those types of restrictions on and then later i've found that um, most companies do not match in company stock they may have other types of programs but the the Of the four things that we're talking about, we're kind of intentionally uh, throwing out this one. It's the only plan where the company doesn't provide any type of incentive, like matching or anything else, on you putting it in company stock. But the thing that is most important, to your point, was the utilization of that little-known rule, net unrealized appreciation. So that is one where during the course of my career, it doesn't always work. Okay. In fact, it usually does not work, but there are times when it does. And when it does, oh boy, does it work? Oh my (laughs) goodness. And to your point earlier, it allows you to pull the stock out and you pay tax as ordinary income, on that which you got tax deductions for, in other words, your cost basis buying it. So any growth, any dividends, any of that stuff that occurred inside the 401k is just like the growth. So for instance, if someone left their retirement and they had $100,000 worth of company stock, and 10,000 of it was their cost basis, Mm
1: their contributions
0: their contributions right because they got tax deductions for those $10,000 they can roll it over Mm -hmm. when they roll over their 401k to an IRA they can carve out the company stock now caveats and nuances (laughs) out the wazoo of if you're under the age of 59 and a half in that example that I used we had a hundred thousand that 10,000 is a 10% penalty yep okay and you got to be cognizant of that you, okay you sure now what ends up happening and the reason why it's so good is because the ninety thousand dollars immediately is long-term capital gain and under every circumstance long term capital gain is taxed lower than ordinary income except when neither of them are taxed yep. well that's rare I mean, if you got a big 401k, trust me, your monies are going to get taxed. So that's the opportunity, but, and it becomes a big planning opportunity when you're doing financial planning. And it goes right back to what you said. There's a lot of nuances. You have
1: to do it correctly. I mean, I've heard of situations where, you know, we're sitting down with a client ready to actually initiate an NUA. We're going through the paperwork to do this, and we call the company, everything's said and done, and oh, you took a $10,000 distribution the That's year correct. you retired three years ago. Oh, you, you can no longer do this. And That's correct. The whole opportunity is out the window. So Absolutely. There's so many different little ways that one small withdrawal, one little you do it incorrectly. It has to be done the same. The year that you roll over your 401K into an IRA is the same calendar year that you have to carve out your company stock into a brokerage account to take advantage of the correct. Of unrealized appreciation.
0: Correct. And the example that you just used mm-hmm. is it was – I don't know 2015 yep they were rolling over their 401k but it was 2012 that they took $12,000 out and they failed it yep they failed the NUA so we've had you know a lot of experience with this and again I would say that if there were 10 opportunities for NUA I would say only one or two ever came to fruition and the reason is is there needs to be enough enough gain correct enough gain because i mean who does
1: this work for you've been working with the same company for 20 30 years you've been contributing their stock and it's done well appreciated let's talk about instances where it doesn't work because what happens you know in your instance in your example you have a ten thousand dollar cost basis and the stock is worth hundred thousand dollars now okay now when you roll that out from your 401k and you carve it out just like you said if you're under 59 and a half you could face a ten percent penalty for an early withdrawal that's taxable income that year. That $10,000, that cost basis is taxable. Now, let's expand that. You've been at that company for 30 years. Your cost basis is 100000 It's worth a million. You want to carve that out, but that $100,000 is taxable that year.
0: That's and a big de- nut.
1: That's a hu- that, could, that could throw off, depending on your age, your Medicare, your Social Security. Oh, there's it's a ton of things that it can on.
0: impact. So, yeah. so the things that we find is that it's important to assess the impact Of taking the ordinary income in the year that you do it and sometimes it doesn't make sense for instance if you're under 59 and a half but you're near 59 and a half you may choose to delay it delay the rollover it doesn't have to be the year that you leave it has to be the year that you pull the money out and then further we've run into many situations where they may have a cost basis of 30 thousand the value is 40 thousand and when you assess the difference is only $10,000 gets long-term capital gain treatment. It wasn't worth the adverse impact of taking $30,000 in one year. Yeah. So what we're going to do is we're going to go to break here, and we're going to come back from break, and we're going to talk about some more examples of NUA that you could possibly run into for you to think about. So stay tuned. We'll be back with you in just a few moments. Have you saved enough for retirement? Are you financially prepared for an emergency or unexpected event? Have you thought about your financial future? Hi, I'm Mike Menager, founder of Manager & Associates Financial Planning. For over 20 years, we have been answering our clients' questions just like these as we develop unique and comprehensive financial plans tailored to meet their needs. When addressing your financial plan, we incorporate your entire financial picture, including taxes, estate planning, as well as investment planning and retirement planning. So call us today for a complimentary, no obligation consultation. Welcome back to Financial Planning Explained. I'm your host, Mike Menninger, Certified Financial Planner, and joined by one of my associates, Kyle Ryan, also a Certified Financial Planner. In the first segment, we were talking about, this whole episode is talking about different types of company retirement plans. In the first episode, our first segment, we were talking about utilizing it in your uh, 401k, and we concluded with the opportunity for net unrealized appreciation we gave a couple examples and what I'd like to do is just briefly talk about them more because then the second uh, segment we're going to be talking about restricted stock units all right so picking up where we left off I just wanted to bring up uh, three more examples okay mm-hmm. example of uh, specifically right there this is not only for public companies okay you don't see it that often But you do, they they do have this for private corporations, okay? You just don't see private corporations having stock all that often, okay? So it's got to be a a very giant uh, private corporation. Um, But I'll tell you, I came across an incident, uh, I think it was 2015, I remember where I was, that we wanted to do NUA, and the forms were there, and I knew you don't want to mess it up. Okay, it's so important to do it right. And in this particular instance, and I certainly don't want to use the company name, but this particular instance, they had a giant, this is a Fortune 100 company, they had a giant HR company that serviced all of their stuff. And I knew NUA existed. And I talked to the person on the line. I said, I'd like to do this so you can't do it. And after an argument with them for five minutes, I said, let me talk to your supervisor. After an argument with that person for five minutes saying you couldn't do it, I said, give me your supervisor. Went to that person. He said, you can't do that. And I'm like, you got to be crazy. I said, we're doing it anyway. Okay, well, lo and behold, that third level supervisor called me the next day and said, holy cow, you're right. I'm like, you know, I, I don't care about being right. I wanted to make sure we're right for the client. But my goodness, you can't be telling all of your clients they can't do something that is so advantageous to them. So if you know you're right, okay, just check with your financial advisor, your tax advisor to make sure because this possibility absolutely exists and it doesn't have to be your company plan. It is legally allowed by the IRS. And last but not least, another example we had was a client rolled over their 401k, they were still working, this is an old 401k, mm-hmm. and they had a company stock like holy cows, like 66,000, and their cost basis was 13 grand. So what we did in that particular instance was, wow, you know what, we really had previous to that been operating with tax strategies to drive their income down below a certain threshold, mm-hmm. and taking that $13,000 was brutal. So what we did is said, okay, well here's got an idea, how do you reduce your income? Well, what we did is we had them Pounding away at their 401k, literally 100%. Mm-hmm. So that it reduced their income to zero for the rest. I remember her first paycheck. She goes, Hey, I got my first paycheck 17 cents. The next <laughs> paycheck was three cents. I'm like, Well, okay, I guess you didn't put 100% in, did you? And what we did is we drove the income down, yep. but it enabled us to take that $66,000 in stock. And over two years, we were able to sell the stock and pay no capital gains tax at all okay that was a success story and if you play the cards right it works now let's move on to restricted stock units restricted stock units have become more popular i've found in my experience Um, they've become more popular because stock options have fallen off now what we're going to do is we're going to spend the rest of this segment Uh, talking about RSUs. And then in the next episode, in part two, we're going to talk about uh, stock options and ESPPs, which we're also finding more of because stock options seem to be falling off.
1: And, And just as a reminder quickly, is that each of these different options, whether it's an employee stock purchase plan, an RSU like we're discussing here, NUA opportunities, they all revolve around one thing, your company allowing you to purchase your
0: company's stock within a retirement account. Correct, exactly. So, and, and also note, the RSUs aren't part of a retirement account. That's uh, the 401ks we're yeah. talking about. So what are RSUs, restricted stock units? Beginning to see these more often, okay? A company will grant you as a, uh, uh, I call it a bonus, it's kind of a bonus, yeah. okay? They grant you shares of stock that are vested over a period of time. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes, I've seen anywhere between three and five years, and there is no rule of thumb. It's three, four, or five years, okay? And so what happens is that they generally will do that for people who are, you know, they're they're valued employees, management or whatever. And so when they vest, and I think pop up the table uh, on the next a slide, please, because it's almost easier to explain when we have a table to show. So, in this particular instance, we show a someone who received grants for four consecutive years, and I could have run this forever. But what this does here is, and you want to pick it up from here. You can explain. Yeah, well it's this pretty straightforward.
1: I you know, in the top left, you'll see in 2020 they were granted 300 shares. Now in that first year, you see in 2020, nothing granted. That was the year with which they were given. But over the course of the next three years, in this example, it was vested over three years, you'll see that one third of the shares vested over that time. Now, what happens when those shares vest? They become taxable to you. Correct. Right? Now this is the really interesting thing about RSUs is that typically it's, it's what we refer to as a cashless exchange. So you know, before I move from this table, you know, you'll see each, yeah. of these, each of these shares granted over the years, will have their own vesting schedule. So the, the shares that I got in 2020, they will vest over the next three years. But you'll see in the year 2023, for example, if you're looking at that middle column, I have shares vesting from both 2020, 2021, 2022. So you'll see that this is something that really accumulates rather quickly over time as you're getting more and more shares. You'll see that you know in 2024 alone, I'm getting 420 shares vested. Right. Right. Those become taxable to you.
0: That's correct. Right? That's correct, and this actually, we find at times this is like the golden handcuffs all of a sudden (laughs) somebody's like man i don't want to retire look at all these rsus that i am going to be leaving on the table which is a separate topic because i've seen that go but to your point talk about the what what happens in the year that they get vested they're vested so
1: it's again i'll go back to what's called a cashless exchange right so I get $10,000 of shares vested to me this year, right? So I get $10,000 worth of shares. Now, what's gonna happen is a lot of times you don't even see it. Like, unless you're really looking for it on your pay stuff, you won't even see this occur because I have $10,000 vested to me. Now, what they're gonna do is they're automatically gonna withhold taxes from that.
0: They sell shares to do it.
1: Exactly. So $10,000 from a 20% tax bracket out, $2,000 worth of shares. They sell $2,000 worth of shares to cover my tax liability. So ca- what we mean by cashless exchange is I don't give out any money to purchase the shares. I don't give out any money for the taxes. It is all done behind the And you the don't
0: actually receive any money.
1: You don't receive any money. So it's, it's really funny. We've, we've seen examples where people don't. Realize that they have these restricted stock units. <laughs> We've come across people who have hundreds of thousands of dollars in their company stock, and it's like, oh gosh, I didn't know this was here that's because right. it just occurs on your pay stub. Right,
0: that's correct, and, and a lot of people don't really look at their pay stubs, and and you know that's one of the things, and aside from this, is that we find that a pay stub has so much valuable information on it. It is just absolutely unbelievable. But a good yeah. reminder to go review your pay stub. Oh, it is. <laughs> I, it it's remarkable, and the fact is, is that you know it it shows up on the pay stub okay it shows up restricted stock award uh, you know restricted stock and it's compressed to abbreviated or something like that never says RSU but it it'll show a taxable income and it's taxed on all levels it's it's just as if in your example if you got ten thousand dollars of it and by the way it's not ten thousand per se what it is, is in that particular instance, you have 300 shares, and if 300 shares that particular year became uh, vested, then it's whatever the share price yes. is at that time yep. that it's given to you. So 300 shares times 3333, a share, all of a sudden, poof, I've got taxable income of $10,000, at which point they, through payroll, they sell shares And then the remaining shares go into a brokerage account that is managed by the company or a third party. Sometimes I've seen, you know, Morgan Stanley, E-Trade, whatever, they they have a third party handles it and they're just sitting there. And to the example that you used before, holy smokes, we've seen it, that people aren't aware that they're, like for instance, to your example, if they had a, a thousand shares and they sold 200 of them to pay the taxes, these 800 shares went into this other account. And if they're not paying attention, they're accumulating shares, which by the way, that's a bad problem to have. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, that's <laughs> not, not, not a bad, bad problem. problem to have. As somebody said, that's a first world problem, yeah, okay. So yep. anyway, so so there are strategies behind RSUs because for it comes to planning, okay, The thing to note about RSUs, and really the thing is, is that as with most other type of plans, 401k plans, you really want to dig into the company's rules, okay? For one, because you want to understand how all of these things work. Because it could be different with retirement. And I've seen all layers of it. I've seen people who retire and all of their existing RSUs will continue to vest in future years. I've seen people when they retire, done, they get nothing. And then I've seen people retire where based on the pro rata amount of time they're in, they'll get that. So this also comes to financial planning from the perspective of, and this will go a little bit with stock options, which will be the next episode, but timing of these along with your other stuff, you can't really time RSUs, but you time other stuff around when these are happening. Because if you know you've got RSUs coming, you have to plan for that for tax purposes. Yes. So okay. um, that's what the first two, um, the company uh, stock plans inside the company 401k, at, which would you know led to the NUAs, yep. and then the restricted stock units. Uh, stay tuned for part two. And then we'll be talking about stock options and employee stock purchase plans. So thank you for joining us. Uh, I hope, hope you learned something today. And I look forward to seeing you in the next episode. Thank you again, Kyle, for participating. And we'll be with you on the next episode. Stay tuned for part two.